Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where today we are featuring July 4th, 1990, which Woo. is, yeah, which is uh, not only the nation's birthday, Knob, but uh, also the last July 4th show of the Grateful Dead's illustrious career, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and this show occurred, as we all suspected, at the Sandstone Amphitheater in Bonner Springs, Kansas. I'm here with my co-host, Knob. Hello. Say hello, Knob. Thank Hello, Nob. Game uh, is uh, in in a different universe because Game has no power, or I am assuming internet, so Game can't join us tonight. So it's just no. the two of us. Nob, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, this weather man is crazy, right? It is crazy. I'm 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 hoping that we can get through this without my power cutting out because yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of cold rain and snow out there. Very nice. Very like, nice. See, see what I did there? Um, not just any random uh, Grateful Dead song, but actually the first song of set one of July 4th, 1990. But before we get into that, uh, there is some continuity with the last show, the last show that we had with Mike from Guest of the Year. Uh, Nob, any thoughts on the last show? It was good. It was good. <laughs> I like Sorry, Mike. I keep putting you on the spot here. I've always been pro Mike. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, just I thought it was wish we figured out what that eyes of the world was. Yeah. So uh, the world may never know. It's like how many licks to the get to the center of a Tootsie pop. Yes. Don't know if, if that will land with you now because you're of a different yeah, generation. They, okay. They aired that commercial over and over. That's true. In the 70s. Yeah. It was a radio uh, commercial. Well, it was a actual, you know, it was a television commercial. It was an yeah. owl. Yes. No, I, I'm the familiar with the owl. owl. Okay. And do you have the answer? A one, a two, a three, <laughs> and then he does the crunch. And then he says three at the end. That's pretty yes. awesome. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, so it was a great podcast. The one little snafu uh, frequent listeners will know is that uh, Mike aired uh, a clip for us and we guessed it and lo and behold, Mike didn't have an answer for us. So, so we asked the good listeners of the podcast to reach out. And let us know if they could tell with their excellent listening ears. And we actually had two folks join in to give us uh, their guesses. Nob, why don't you give us the first one? Sure. Well, the first uh, guess comes from And Commandy. And they say the 31093 was a, a good podcast with Mike. And I had to include that plug there. Yeah, just so we can keep patting ourselves on the back. For <laughs> yes, it was. Episode. Uh but uh, but they think that it has to be a seventy-three eyes, which I believe was your guess. Oh. That sounds like me. Yeah, I'm usually right. And commenter Iko Adam chimes in and says, "It was definitely just Billy, no Mickey. I could get on the seventy-four bus. I can't explain why, just a feeling." Um, which is is uh is interesting for a number of reasons because I guess seventy-four, but also I'm not sure where user Ico Adam is going with the Billy versus no Mickey thing. Um, well, that I think well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. From there, they mean it was just within the first two years of eyes. It's got to be a 73 or a 74. Cause after okay. that you have Mickey. Cause they didn't hear Mickey. Right. Okay. Exactly. I read that wrong. So yeah, I'm going to 
go with Ico Adam. Thank you very much for backing me up, corroborating my guess. Um, and we'll hear more from Ico Adam later in the show. Uh, as we are gameless tonight, uh, we only have two little reviews, but Ico Adam has given us uh, a really comprehensive review, both set one and set two of tonight's show, July 4th, 1990. And we'll be featuring Ico Adam's um, review. So thanks very much. And uh, let's get into the show. So, uh, set one starts with cold rain and snow. As I said, it goes into walk and blues. We get Mississippi half step, Queen Jane, approximately. Loose Lucy, it's all over now. Loser into promised land to end set one. Nob, what were your thoughts on set one? It's okay. I don't know. I, I probably, <laughs> you know, would have had a pretty good time if I was like there dancing to it. Sure. Um, but, you know, listening to it on a, a tape at home, it, it, there's not a lot that wows. Not without merit, to clarify. Sure. Just not a, a lot that wows. Cold Rain and Snow, it, it, they're just not on yet. Um, it's solid, but it's it's uninspiring. Um, the Walk in Blues is all right. Uh, there's like a nice strut your stuff energy from the band in the underscoring. Uh, Bob's vocals do get a little grating as it goes on, but it, it's generally solid. Mississippi Half Step is where things start getting good to me. Uh, there's a great groove, very lively Brent keyboard lines. It's just a lot of fun. It's got a little bit of that 90s grit to it, but it generally captures the energy of both halves of the song very well. Definitely think that that is one of the highlights of, of set one. Mm -hmm. Queen Jane is Queen Jane. If you like how they do it, it works. If you don't like it, this isn't a version that's going to win you over. Uh, a very present piano solo from Brent. It gets a little busy, and that's, that's kind of a common critique of mine this evening. Uh, but this does not get busy enough to lose me. Loose Lucy's fine. Jerry's a little scratchy on the vocals. The band is on. Uh, it's All Over Now is actually a highlight of the set for me. It's just a lot of fun. There's a very dancey groove paired mm -hmm. with some very hot Jerry solos. It is interesting to me that in set one, Bob only sings covers. He does oh. four songs, none of which are, are his originals, which is very just interesting. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you feel like being in a cover band, you know? Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, I don't I don't know how I feel about Loser. I like it as a song. In general, I have no problem with Loser. I, it's the placement of Loser here mm -hmm. that it's, it's just, it's not quite a cool down, but it's a little bit of a cool down. It's not a full bucket of cold water, but like it's a cool down it's nevertheless. It's snow. Yeah, we're, well, and we're the getting we're actual getting... physical cold rain snow, not not yeah. the song. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We're we're getting to the end of set one, and it, it to me this is a weird spot to put a, a song that's a little bit on the slower side, like Loser. I would put this, you know, if, to if I were in charge, like this goes in the earlier half of the set. This goes in Loose Lucy or Mississippi Half Step spot. Mm -hmm. uh, Loser does have a hot solo and it is worth listening to. Just an odd placement for me. And then a solid promised land to to wrap things up. You know, it is solid. I probably would have a good time if I was there, but you know, done really wow. So yeah, overall set one is solid if uninspiring, uh, with a really strong Mississippi half step and a pretty good it's all over now. Yeah, I um 
I had similar thoughts to you. Uh, okay. I probably would take away solid from your solid but uninspired um, comment. Yeah, it just it just wasn't doing it for me. So Cold Rain Snow, it was just too laid back for an opener. Cold Rain Snow, it's a whole it's a hard song to really play. I mean, like not to play, but like to capture people's attention when they, when you play it. I, I've done it with my band a couple of times and sometimes the magic's there and sometimes it ain't. And um, the dead were not channeling that magic today um both jerry and bobby sounded or no and brent i think sounded pretty hoarse uh and 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 jerry sounding hoarse is kind of a theme throughout the whole night here yes. we got into walking blues yeah i just thought it was okay mississippi half stent i liked it once we got to the uh across the rio grandio portion queen jane approximately i wrote this was a nice bit of adult contemporary music uh i also name drop something from uh central pennsylvania that knob would not understand but game would so we miss you game and loose lucy uh this was this one was more lively but uh jerry just can't croon tonight um no. not a great song choice for for the shape of jerry's voice uh and it's all over now i wrote it was just lively loser was moody and promised land was just okay so not much i i really had a hard time uh you know describing the songs on set one here like I don't know if this makes sense to you, but the only thing that came to my head, it was like, describe the color Brown. It was just like a mm. lot of stuff, you know, swirled yeah. together. And, and, and that was set one of uh, July 4th, 1990. We do have a, a excellent uh, comment here from Ico Adam and I need to rest my voice. So I'm going to allow knob to go ahead and read what Ico Adam said. Sure. Well, Ico Adam has, has a nice thorough help on the way style breakdown. Yeah. So we thought we would feature that. I do want uh, the viewers to know when it's me, Knob, talking, and when it's it's Ico Adams's word. So I think so I'm going to read. It's a cockneyed accent for Ico Adam. That's I was just going to say. I think I'm going to oh. portray Ico Adam as as British. I can't promise Cockney. I'm simply going to make vague British noises, and you all <laughs> can argue in the comments about what county I settled it in. A little bit of foreshadowing for what's to come for so true. next next week's show. So true. It's all it's all about the setups and the payoffs here on the Help on the Way Cinematic Universe. <laughs> it's all play <laughs> cinematic. Love it. Um, so Ico Adam says the final Fourth of July show. <laughs> <laughs> Brent would play eleven more shows in July with the Jets before his untimely death on July twenty sixth. <laughs> Set right. one: Cold rain and snow sounds like they aren't warmed up yet. Nothing special. I agree. I just want to step in and, <laughs> and say that is correct. Cold Rain and Snow absolutely sounds like a warm-up, like sound check track. Yeah, that's anyway. true. Walking Walk blues. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying it like the like Love Island announcer. Um, well played, but pedestrian. Mm, that is it's very very British. That is that word is. choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's British for bicycle. Um, half step. Now things start <laughs> to click. Both jam sections try to reach that place. Jerry even gives us the pretty outro and we land softly. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Queen Jane. Bobby can sing Dylan's songs Bobby. like they were written for him. Being a Bobby song, Jerry really gets to work on lead with the occasional backup vocals. You can tell when Jerry is really feeling it when he puts all his chorus or supplant singing. And this mm. point so far, one thing is bugging me. 
Billy's doing his amazing backbone thing, but Mickey is kind of doing the same thing every song, and he sounds pretty low energy. Huh. I would say that that is a fair point. Uh, I think it's fair. I wasn't really differentiating them tonight at all. Yeah, well, it's tough. (coughs) It's tough because I thought they were sometimes complimenting each other, but a lot of times, and this is generally my gripe with late 80s dead, I don't need them both playing the hi-hat eighth notes the whole time. Mm. That, to me, is the muddiest. Yeah sound that 80s and, and the recording that get. we that we got is not is not great i mean the separation is not great no it's not great i couldn't tell you which one is billy and which one is mickey from from right. ear alone but uh yeah it wasn't a great night for the drummers not a bad night but definitely not a great night loose lucy <laughs> it's time to get the energy back up deadheads love a call and response as much as the next concert goer Jerry's enunciation being sharp and clear is a sign he'll probably have a good show. Mm. I thank you. This is with my theory of whenever Jerry plays Loose Lucy in the nineties, it means he is on that night. Well, it doesn't does always show... mean good show, but it always means good Jerry, or at the very okay. least, Jerry that is trying. And then Ico Adams says, "Love the way Jerry and Bob play off each other here." About halfway through, one of the snare drums gets turned up in the mix, and it's jarring. Thank you for a real good time. <laughs> All over now. Brent B3 time, you'd think, but his solo is low energy. No vocal vamps to amp everybody up, which leads to a very straightforward Jerry solo. I always liked how Jerry's tone had a ring to it on this tune. They stumble and miss the end measure beat and slow walk it home. Billy gets credited with the save. I will say there's a lot of songs tonight where they like <laughs> sort of kind of fuck up the ending and then just find it right at the end. Anyway, loser. I prefer when this song got slotted in the third or fourth in set one. Thank you. Thank you. No other reason than personal preference or the set flow. Thank you. Thank you. Jerry's mic is too hot. One thing I love about Jerry's songs is what Bobby is doing. <laughs> Bobby plays lead, Jerry plays rhythm before and after the pre-chorus solo. Phil bombs, Jerry wails, Bobby with sharp counterpoints. Brent isn't hitting the highs of everybody else. Loser is probably my favorite first set Jerry ballad. Promised land, Phil. Billy with the quick machine gun fills between the sections. Jerry is getting a bit sloppy. Brent mails in another solo on the B3. Jerry doesn't try to help him here as he did earlier in the set. Hmm. Set one, grade B. Brent and Mickey are just at work so far, and it kept a bunch of tunes from really hitting the highs they were capable of. We'll be back in just a little bit, as soon as the sun goes down. Temps reportedly 108 to 110 degrees. Jerry reportedly in cut-off jean shorts. Big if true. Uh, I was surprised uh, that Ico Adam, an, an excellent job, Nob. Um, thank you. Thank with, you. I, went I don't even know cool. which version of the Queen's English that was, but that was excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and and really, just the uh, execution. I mean, just the try. Really appreciate that. Thanks. Um, yeah, I would probably describe it as as British reality television presenter. Yeah, it's 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 something. It's like yeah. chav, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, so Ico Adam gives uh, the the band a a B. I, I was I'm surprised. I uh, I don't think I would give them a B, and I didn't think that based on that review that it that Ico Adam would give them a B either. What would you give them? I'd give them a 
let's let's move on. <laughs> I'll say if you say. No, I'm okay. Yeah, it's okay. Set two brings us um a lot of highlights here. Well, at least on paper. (laughs) (laughs) Victim into Foolish Heart into Just a Little Light. And then Scarlet Fire. Haven't seen that one in a while. Drums in Space. We have seen that one in a while. The Wheel. Give me some lovin'. Stella Blue into Sugar Mags. We encore with US Blues. I'm going to go ahead and start. I did have a lot more to say about set two than I did have to say about set one. Uh, Victim is... You know, it's one that I don't mind. I probably don't mind it as much as some people. But I did not care for this noisy version. It was just noisy. Everyone yeah. was just playing a lot of of notes. And MIDI was crazy. And it gave me kind of a headache. Uh, Foolish Heart, one of my favorite Grateful Dead songs. This was another uninspired take uh, on July 4th, 1990. Really nothing else to say about Foolish Heart except for it just happened. Uh, just a little light. I can't comment on this one either i just wrote is this a song about zombies i don't know if if it is but that's 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 the only place that that this song took me was what the hell is brent singing about okay so scarlet fire okay our first scarlet fire in a while let's see what happens uh jerry completely bombs the verse the uh you know like the first part of the first verse um and you know, just because we haven't heard in a while doesn't mean that Jerry forgot about him back in 1990. Um, actually, you know, Jerry Jerry typically bombs the verses in, in Scarlet. I feel like that's like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry doesn't that's... always do great with lyrics. Sure, but I'm pretty sure he had a teleprompter there. Anyway, mm. uh, we can we can debate that. I did like the transition. It was fun. Uh, the MIDI was actually working. Uh, There's a lot of MIDI horns. I think Jerry had MIDI horn and then Brent went over to MIDI horn and it worked for whatever reason. Uh, but then we get into an inorganic cut where by that, I mean like it wasn't like an easy flow. It wasn't like something planned out. It was just like, Hey, let's play fire now. And they all, you know, turned into a reggae song. Um, somehow they made this fire noisy. Um, King Brent, stop with the tinkling yes yeah, so there's just a lot of tinkling on on his um synthesizer there uh and then it just descended into midi madness you know i thought i liked it more than my review but i guess i did not like it so i'm gonna go with uh my written word i did not like this um uh drums in space i liked what can only be described as a glockenspiel is there a glockenspiel tonight knob midi glockenspiel perhaps yeah okay and this was a particularly spooky space wheel uh jerry middies into the wheel which was kind of weird um you know hearing that the the wheel riff and like you know as a circus horn yeah yeah but but he made it work towards the end oh this was cool i was listening to the odd and some guy in the tapers section was uh not being kind and just talking a lot and he was like like the wheel comes in he goes got another one of my wishes one of my wishes man (laughs) kind of cool but you're in the taper section. Stop talking about your wishes. Damn. Um, and I wrote, boy, was it? I wrote, the, I said that, uh, boy, was it a wish? This was the most cohesive, pleasant jam of the night. And we get a great organic jam into Give Me Some Loving, which had some excellent builds. And by the builds, I just mean the where, 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 where sections. I didn't really care for the verses too much, but the verses, but the, the builds, like the instrumental builds are really cool. And if you listen closely, you hear the MIDI clapping. Did you hear that now? Like the clap, clap, clap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Cassie of keyboard. Yeah, I was expecting 
whoever I was expecting Brent to be like one, two, one, one, two. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Phil is throwing down some absolute bomb slides. Uh, this is kind of cool. I, I hope that was Phil, not just some some sort of MIDI thing. Uh, it sounded very interesting. And we get Estella, and finally Jerry's vocals sound good. Phil is just dancing around the fretboard doing a waltz. Um, the second solo is Jerry's best solo of the night. Uh, very heartfelt use of, and a great use of the delay pedal. And then all of a sudden the drums kick in with a march pattern and uh, that sets Jerry off again. Uh, and then everyone joins in the fun and segues into Sugar Mags, which was really well played, really well sung. And we, when we end the night with U.S. Blues. So things definitely took off for me after Drums of the Space. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't recommend listening to the Drums in Space. Like I wouldn't be like, hey, game, listen to this one, bro. Um, because it did get a little spooky and weird, but yeah. right after that, in, in at wheel, um, you know, the tapers wish and my wish came true. That sounded like a really good set too. Uh, no, nah, what were your thoughts? Thank you. Um, yeah, it, yeah, that was set two. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Victim yeah. is a weird set opener it's weird and disjointed it's awkward to dance to it just sets a weird tone for the yeah. start of the set i can don't I say can i say something about victim real quick before yeah, you get rolling you can say anything about victim <laughs> okay i was just thinking about this okay it's kind of a slap in the face i mean it's a, it's a song about drugs hard drugs right, right. victim or the crime like are you are you the victim are you an addict or are you the crime are you the you know person who has a narcotic yeah and clearly there's at least, you know, there's there's multiple uh, addicts in the band, including the lead singer and guitarist. And the lead singer and guitarist plays this riff on Victim of the Crime. and goes, and I know in the past I've said that to me, that sounds like Woody Woodpecker. Mm. But regardless if you think that sounds like Woody Woodpecker or not, it's kind of tongue in cheek. Like, it, it, I don't think like it works in the song, but it works in kind of like a counter way than what the song is doing. And I always just wonder, or maybe I started wondering this today, but it got in my head, like, maybe Jerry's just being like, you know, get off your high horse. Like, you know, it's a good song. We'll play your song, but it's, you know, uh, I'm okay. Like, <laughs> don't don't try to, like, I don't know, make this real. I don't know if that makes sense. Does that make any sense? Not. I hear you. I mean, the Dead have a few songs that are like that, that are not only can be read, but are said to have been inspired by actual things going on in the band at the time it's regularly mm -hmm. reported that ship of fools is is robert hunter talking about how he thought the grateful dead organization was going in <laughs> 73 74 he's um, gone yeah he's gone of course um even as we're going to talk about later just a little light i was reading about whether or not barlow intended these lyrics to be directed to uh brent specifically <laughs> oh interesting um, and it's yeah. about zombies of course, of course. So it does. Okay, to jump around a little bit, I, it sounds like the theme to like an '80s movie where you're driving on your motorcycle through a zombie apocalypse. Like yeah. I, I, oh yeah, it does. I, I, I would all, say like NES game too. Yeah. It was more of a chip tune kind of thing, but yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I think in general, Brent's reputation for writing cheesy like '80s sounding songs is a little overblown. But you would have to be lying to say that Just a Little Light is not the kind of cheesy 80s song that people give Brent grief for. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's the paradigmatic cheesy 80s Brent song yes. that people give 
Brent Grove. Yes, I will take a hundred easy to love yous, a hundred even blowaways, even tons of steals over <laughs> over a just a little light. Yeah. Um but we shouldn't be we shouldn't be ragging on King Brent too much in game's absence. It's not of fair. Course, of course. It's not fair. No, and I, you know, I got nothing against Brent. We're all Brent heads here. Uh, this is just not a great night for Brent. Yeah, um, it wasn't. I enjoy the what the the jam dissolves into. I think that could have gone on a little bit longer. I thought it was a neat. I don't know. It was the Grateful Dead and Kenny Loggins like meeting each other <laughs> in the middle, um, as opposed to a little more on the Loggins. Are you side jumping into Little Light? What? Are you are you just jumping into Little Light? I've I've been talking about Little Light this whole time. I can oh, go okay. Back. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah full chart. Let me hear your full chart take. I liked it. It was more enjoyable. It's not a great Jerry vocal, but the band more than makes up for it. The jam fucks. It is both exploratory and dancey um, in a way that I think Victim or the Crime wants to be exploratory, but still dancey because the rhythm section's trying to hold down a groove there. Um, but Foolish Heart accomplishes this more interestingly to me, um, where it's less about textural stuff and more about the notes themselves. Um, jumping ahead ahead past just a little light. Uh, I generally enjoy this Scarlet Fire. Um, Jerry brings a lot of energy to it. Uh, he doesn't know the words to it, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the MIDI work in the Scarlet half of this. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun in a way that only 1990 Grateful Dead can be. Uh, it dissolves into chaos way more pleasantly than Victim or the Crime does. Uh, and then we get to Fire on the Mountain, which I felt had a very intentional contrast. Like, it was very much, we're going to do a fast Scarlet and a mellow Fire so that you can feel some sort of shift between the two songs. Uh, I think it generally works. Um, it, it definitely starts to get busy. Again, there's the thing that we talk about when we're talking about 90s Dead, and people are usually talking about the later Vince and, and Bruce stuff, just about how busy it sounds, about how nobody is really listening to each other, right, and everyone right. is just focusing on making cool lines on their individual instruments. With as they much often, MIDI as possible. Yeah, and it just finds a lot of sounds that wind up, not even if not outright clashing, just not supporting each other. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's very true. Tonight is a, a, a primal example of that exact phenomenon, mm. I think. Um, the fire, it, yeah, it just, it gets a little busy at the peak of the jam, but then it settles itself. It, it occasionally flies off the handles, but it is mostly holding on to its intensity well. I'm not anti-fire on the mountain here, but it didn't, it's 16 minutes long, and those 16 minutes are not all equally good. Yeah, um, fair. And then we get it, to it continued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably could have wrapped up a few minutes earlier and and called it a day. But this is the show that they played, and I'm. It's not. I would still consider Scarlet Fire to be one of my highlights of the night. Um, and then a pretty coherent journey on drums, taking us to a very midi and scary space, into a, a generally solid the wheel. I, this wasn't a highlight for me, but it was like good. It had a constant sense of forward momentum, and it got very pretty as it dissolved at the end. I really did enjoy the jam. Um, even as Brent gets a little squeaky, the energy of Give Me Some Lovin' carries it through uh, into a very lovely rendition of Stella Blue. Jerry has a lot of power in the voice. 
Uh, it is worth listening to for the guitar solo. It falls apart by the end, like a lot of songs this evening, but it's generally working. And then the band especially comes alive with that Sugar Magnolia, Fast and Furious. Bob is given 110% on every note that he sings, a crazy keyboard part from Brent, some really tight and intense playing in the Sunshine Daydream part of the evening. It's all working, and then it takes us into a U.S. blues, which, if I'm honest with you, feels a little obligatory. It, it doesn't sound like they're playing U.S. blues because they want to play U.S. blues. They're playing U.S. blues because it's the 4th of July, oh. and, it's, and it's not... Like a bad rendition play... or anything, but it, it it definitely feels like they're going through the motions. Yeah, and they didn't play uh, Jack Straw. No, no Jack Straw. Um, no, as uh, Bobby only plays two original songs this entire show, and it's <laughs> the victim of the crime to open set two and the Sugar Magnolia to close it. Very surprising. Very because surprising. because Bob uh, Bobby had the better voice of the two tonight. So. Oh, without question, Bobby was yeah. and Bobby. Don't get me wrong, Bobby does a lot of singing tonight, but yeah. it is I'm mostly playing. covers. In set one, it's only covers. Yeah, Very and of course, we get a good amount of Brent tunes in set two. Yeah. Okay, so we actually have. Thank you for that. We have uh, Adam Iko. Uh, with a uh, rather, you know, um, substantive uh, take on set two. Uh, yeah. I don't think I could do justice to no, your... I've, I've gotten attached to the role. I would have... Yeah, you, you can, yeah I was going to take over, but um, the bar is a bit too high. Um, so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and take set two as well. <clears throat> I'm Michael Adam. <laughs> set two, victim. Dark and weird opener, just how I like it. Ooh. This song puts, this song works best as the set opener or out of space. Anywhere else, it sounds out of place to me. This isn't a version to put on a best of list, but it'll do. They really lose the beat in the end meltdown. Bell, Billy tries really hard to steer the ship back, but isn't really able. There's often a clear shift in his playing. Uh, he likes to play just behind the beat, but when things go awry, he falls back on the beat, and it is aggressive. <laughs> Foolish Heart, uh, fill up front, takes everyone a few go-rounds in the opening before they decide to dig in. Nobody really sounds into this one, including Jerry until the last verse and chorus. Yeah. Little Light, uh, dang, Brent does not sound good. Scarlet yeah, it, Fire. It was a, I don't think I've ever heard, well, on the show at least, an off-Brent night. This was certainly one of them. This is definitely... Well, yeah, he's had nights where he's not like the highlight or anything. But right. Rarely the problem. He's not an MVP candidate. Yes. No, this is not a good night for our boy, Brent. Um, Scarlet Fire. She wore Scarlet Begonias tucked into her shoes is all you need to know. Brent starts to do something in the segue and he plays well through fire. Uh, fire on the mountain could have used a time haircut. Mm. That is a wonderful turn of phrase. Yeah, I love it. I think Jerry heard Brent was awake. Britishisms. It does sound a little British. <laughs> I think Jerry heard Brent was awake and he could he kind of just let him do his thing. Time for a smoke for some of the boys and the rhythm devils get to beat on things. Space, <laughs> midi or not, this doesn't really get there. The wheel, nothing too special here. They fumble the ball for a moment. The outro is pretty. Give me some lovin'. I don't care what anyone's opinion is. Phil singing was non-existent for a long time, and every once in a while, you'd get Phil singing. Rarities are a cool thing to cherish. You often seem to enjoy singing. Here, the less often Phil and Brent duet. If Phil is happy, I'm happy. 
the first vocalizations from Brent. Give me some hot, hot good loving. Stella Blue, in the end, there's just a song, well played and dutifully emotional singing from Jerry. There's so many parts of this song that it always seems like the drummers aren't sure what they should be doing. Bobby is really low on the mix and the song misses some of those ghostly sounds. Nice crescendo jam to close out. Sugar Mag, Bobby is still going pretty strong, belting out the first verse. Brent and Bobby end off trading off during Sunshine Daydream. Encore, US Blues. Send him home happy, as a friend of mine says. Jerry messes up some lyrics and he sounds tired. Set to grade B minus. The Dead hadn't played in a week and a half. In the scope of this tour, heck, even this third and final leg of the tour, it's just okay. A fun set list, a lot of opportunities for liftoff, but never really got above a cruising altitude. My mother trucker pick is Billy. Lots of times <laughs> that night, the boys were starting to lose the plot and he got them pointed in the right direction. Honorable mention to Bobby, who played and sang exceptionally well. Phil doesn't have bad nights. Prove me wrong. Brent did start to put in some effort from Fire on the Mountain through, but it was far overshadowed by his previous workmanlike playing earlier in the show. Jerry didn't take any chances, but played well. Uh, Mickey was lackluster, in my opinion, for the majority, including drums, where he spent small moments trying to figure out what he wanted to do. If you made it this far, thanks for listening to my dead talk. It's That's a very clever pun that Ico Adam has done on, on TED Talk. Nice. Give yourself a fake trophy that costs real money. Wow. Thank you, Ico Adam, for those thoughts and for your wonderful, natural British accent. Yes, very good British, Ico Adam. Um, very excellent. Thank you so much for that. So, Ico Adam ruined one of our... Uh, one of our little features here about Mother Trucker. So let's just dip right into the Mother Trucker. Wow. Um, so Ico Adam's Mother Trucker was... Remind me? Billy. Okay. Billy. Billy. Oh, I don't even know of who Of course it was Billy. Uh, let's go to you, Nub. What? Oh, just because you haven't thought of it? I haven't thought um, of it. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll give it to Bobby. I think generally Bobby's bringing some really nice energy tonight. Yeah, we're going to do Phil. Uh, high in the mix. couple Phil bombs. Definitely leading the way on Stella, which was one of my favorites of the night. And so that's what we'll do. All right, so let's jump back in time and let's rate the Scarlet Fire. We haven't done this in a while, but uh, whenever we have a Scarlet Fire, we just can't help but rate it out of 10. Um, Nob. How would you rate the Scarlet Fire? I don't know. Like a four. Four, yeah. Uh Five. yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a three. Uh not we haven't had one in, in six months, and this was not the one that um this was this is not a welcome back here. No. Um okay, Book of the Dead. I'm just gonna go ahead and think no to no, of our, course not. Yeah, this was not this was not a great one. All right, but how about which set? We need to uh, give the listeners a set that they'll listen to right after we're done talking here for July 4th, 1990. What set? Knob. There is a right answer here, and it's set two. It is set two. I'm actually very surprised that Adam Iko uh, rated set two, or graded set two, um, less than set one. Mm. So, mm. but uh, Adam Iko is... Uh, Iko, Adam. <laughs> thank you. Uh is outvoted so uh right after this we'll be playing set two of july 4th 1990 and we do have a couple other comments on uh from reddit 
the, aside from Michael Adam, I'll just start with Frost Sailor, who I writes. Believe is French. I know. <laughs> 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 yeah. This was my first stop on my first and only tour. How could they be French if they actually toured with the Grateful Dead? East Coast leg of that summer's tour. And it was a hoot. After struggling to get to the sandstone, broke down in Ohio and in the way out. Uh, sandstone being where they played um, tonight, July 4th, 1990. Um, not mm. that song that Phil and Ned play. Is that called Sandstone or Seastone? Is that Seastone? Seastones. Oh, my bad. You're thinking of uh, Sandstorm by Darude. Sure. It felt like sweet victory to arrive and park at the morning of the show. I was riding my Vision Mark Gonzalez skateboard around the lot looking for some buds and a sweet crazy bulldog named Trouble knocked me off and grabbed it by the front truck until his owner came to rescue it for me. I considered that an auspicious start to the tour. And I was right. They pitched a wang dang doodle that the summer. <laughs> Sorry. See, you had it in you. Yeah, you all of that, that French. Was, that was the uh, that was the cook from Little Mermaid. Yeah, who is French? He was French. What possible? Mm-hmm. All right, Doc Man from Australia, I believe. <laughs> I mean, I was doing Australian at times. <laughs> I like I had to catch myself because I was sounding like. Uh, this is going to sound really bad considering our other podcast, but what's his name from the critic? Um, <laughs> anyway, Docman427 says, this show was a really good listen. Interesting how set two got not one, but three built to last album songs in a row. Good point. Also really like the Scarlet Fire leading into drums. First half ish of 1990 or what I call the Brent half of 1990 is incredibly solid on par with summer fall 89 for me. Still bums me out a little listening to summer 90 shows, knowing that Brent would be gone before the end of July. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is sad. That is, that is uh, definitely some good context for the show. Uh, this is the last month of Brent's life, right? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, we have uh, our next show. We're going back in time and back in Grateful Dead history to uh, one of the big ones. We have April 8th of 1972. That's right. Europe 72 is hitting the Help on the Way podcast where the Grateful Dead played a Saturday night at the Wembley Empire Pool in London, England. Oi, oi. Right. And that was night uh, two of the Europe 72 tour. Okay. Oh, and this is the Cumberland that we appears from Europe 72. Yes. yes it and is that's a, a biggie. Cumberland. So this yeah. is, I mean, this is just a well-regarded show. I've done a Europe 72 listen along before, and this is top five Europe 72 shows. All right. I'm just preemptively saying now that this is a book of the dead pick for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is um, I mean, shot. if you know, I'm you know. Telling you the honest truth. This is a great sure. show. Well, that's good. I'll just uh, put it on the next show sheet. Save, yeah. save some time. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think I've listened to this one specifically. Europe 72, I like it. I'm not going to say I don't like it. It's just I don't have that kind of affinity that some listeners do. So I'm looking forward to uh, uh, getting into this one. A really sad pandemic listening to it. Uh, <laughs> along with the dates as they happened because you needed some sense of normalcy and time passing. Yeah, because it's very normal to listen to a band that 
hasn't been around for 50 years. Uh, it, oh, I felt super normal for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah. whoever did something like that would feel super normal for sure. <laughs> these are good. These are good mental health uh, things to have, uh, tricks to play. Uh, we do get like a 30 minute dark star in this one too. Yeah, so, it's great. It's a lot awesome. going on here. Uh, Big Railroad Blues, one of my favorites. Yeah, caution. Okay, so we are going to uh, end here. We would like to remind the listeners to smash that subscribe button if they haven't already. Like and share with all your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. You can find us wherever podcasts are downloaded, but not the one that sort of kind of rhymes with Lancelotify. Uh, they don't like us. We're not the round table. No. Uh, but you can find us on Podbean. Uh, that's helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You can also email us, helponthewaypod at gmail.com. Um, seems to be, uh, I guess the easiest way to get a hold of us is at reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead. That's where you see all these comments. We just take them right from the grateful dead's subreddit and plop them into our show. So if you want to be on the show, uh, definitely reach out to us. We, we love, uh, the audience engagement. Uh, we do have a YouTube that's youtube.com slash at help on the way pod. And I'm not going to plug games channel cause he's not here. Anything <laughs> Nob that you want to say to our fine feathered friends. I I guess right at the end of the night, I'd like to extend a, a formal apology to all of our friends in the United Kingdom as well <laughs> as our friends in France and Australia. Well, listen, United Kingdom's okay because we're we're featuring uh the Yeah, that's true. London yeah, yeah. Too. We're we're France is okay. next week, so we're allowed to be as obnoxious as we want. Yeah. And they and love France when American tourists get super obnoxious. <laughs> and all the ladies love to dance. Exactly. I'm gonna yeah. spend the whole Europe seventy two uh episode standing in front of one of those guards trying to make them laugh. And you can be making them laugh next week on the Help on the Way podcast.
Thank you. 